oh great another woman gets captured and stuck in a basement movie I don't know if I can watch that she's not stuck that long put the lotion in the basket it's, most, it's mostly her <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Pulp Fliction. This is the one where we review Spotlight, the uh, surprisingly not controversial movie about priests and the Catholic Church uh, and their inappropriate behavior around young boys and girls. Uh, Jacob, will you please roll that trailer? I know there's things you cannot tell me, but I also know there's a story here, and I think everybody will hear about it. Do you think your paper has the resources to take that on? I do. Do you? The Boston priest molested kids in six different parishes over the last 30 years. The church found out about it and did nothing. We haven't committed any long-term investigative resources to the case. No, we haven't. And that's the kind of thing your team would do. Spotlight. Guys, listen. Everybody's going to be interested in this. Obviously, the church will fight us very hard. Trying to get some background information. I don't want you recording this in any way, shape, or form. Nothing. We understand you've settled several cases against the church. I can't discuss that. There aren't any records of any of these settlements. Nope. When you're a poor kid from a poor family, and when a priest pays attention to you, it's a big deal. How do you say no to God? Spotlight. This is the tip line. You think he's got something? I want to keep digging. We need to focus on the institution. Show me that it came from the top down. Silence anyone who speaks out. You leave me alone, you hear me, goddammit? Six percent act out sexually. Six percent is ninety. Ninety priests. If there were ninety of these bastards, people would know. Maybe they do. You're going to give me the names and the names of their victims. Are you threatening me? I was doing my job. Yeah, you and everyone else. I am here because I care. We're going to tell this story. We're going to tell it right. We can keep this between us until we all get on the same page. Is that why we're here, to get on the same page? We've got two stories here. A story about degenerate clergy and a story about a bunch of lawyers turning child abuse into a cottage industry. Which story do you want us to write? Because we're writing one of them. I'm not crazy. They control everything. This is not just Boston. It's a whole country. It's a whole world. It could have been you. It could have been me. It could have been any of us. I am your host, Brandon Rabar. My co-host, as always, Jacob Crisip and Rachel Jameson. Spotlight is the true story of how the Boston Globe uncovered the massive scandal of child molestation and cover-up within the local Catholic archdiocese, shaking the entire Catholic Church to its core. Now, I mentioned at the uh, top of the show that it was surprisingly not controversial. I kind of thought when I first saw that this movie was coming out uh, that it was going to stir up a lot of controversy amongst you know religious groups and, and Catholics and, and the church and, and all that. And it really kind of hasn't done that. It's garnered a lot of Oscar buzz and, and awards buzz and all those type of things. But um, I think it's honestly because it just shows the facts. doesn't really get into... Um, doesn't really people's emotions and how they feel about it. Right, exactly, and it doesn't really villainize the religion 
uh, just kind of presents things as they were. So how can you really argue with that? Uh, but I'm going to give it over to Jacob and Rachel and uh, your initial thoughts on the movie first before we delve into it. Um, I think, especially with this one, I better go ahead and preface it. Well, as always, but we we spoil. But I think there's going to be a lot of that going on for this one because of statistics and just general emotions and a lot of things that were thrown at us in this movie. Um, I, for one, was not super familiar with the story. Of course, I'm aware that, you know, this has been going on for, you know, 15, 20 years now as far as what's in the news. But I don't think I've really ever picked up an article and read, you know, uh, the numbers, the amounts, uh, that sort of thing. Um, uh, as far as Tom McCarthy goes, that's the di- the director of it. I've only seen one or two of his movies. Is it Win Win? Sorry, I don't have it. Yeah, Win Win was the one with Paul Giamatti, where he's the wrestling coach. Yeah. That was that was a pretty good movie. I mean, I didn't think it was anything amazing, but it was a nice little movie. The Visitor with Richard Jenkins was a good movie. The Station Agent, The Cobbler. He's but he's done a bunch of good movies but nothing i never nothing i ever thought was just amazing so it was sure. interesting that he got this movie exactly i mean yeah like i like a, win-win but like i have heard bad things about the cobbler so i chose not to watch it so mm-hmm. what you're about to say is that or what you're just sort of saying it i was very surprised at how this movie was handled uh i'll just say technically for now but i mean as far so yeah as far as technically goes i mean i thought it was a, i mean in a way, a near perfect movie mm-hmm. because of the the handling of the editing, the the, mm-hmm. the by storylines and, and that sort of thing. You'd have, you know, two sequences having at once multiple times throughout the movie. Yeah. I mean which was cool. Um I thought it was shot brilliantly. I mean, I don't work in a a news environment, a newspaper newspaper uh, yeah, environment. Yeah, but like, like I mean you got a sense of the lighting uh, and the atmosphere within yeah. the office. And I just thought it was really well done uh, as far as a, a good technical film. When it comes to the writing, I thought the writing was fascinating. And, you know, we talked a little bit about this last week because you two had seen it. Mm-hmm. And so you gave a brief opinion about it. But really, I'm glad we decided to review this because it's going to be up for Best Picture. It's yeah. got to be, right? Well, it's... it's or at least multiple the, nominations. It's, it's probably the front runner right now. Well... I it, was, it was until, it I was saw until the, the Golden, Golden Globes, Globes today. came yeah. out, that, yeah. which was surprising uh, with how well Carol did. Um, I think the Golden Globes are a little drunk. We'll cover that later. Yeah, we're yeah. going to talk about the Golden Globes <laughs> later. But, but yeah, I, I still think if if it's not the front runner, it's a front runner yeah. uh, for the Oscars. So, yeah, it's 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 going to get nominated for a bunch of stuff, yeah. whether or not it wins. Um, but I thought the writing for the story was fantastic, and that's basically what to go what you're saying as well. That they just told the story. They told they told the statistics. Thought that was great. Um, the acting was was also phenomenal. It was great. It was I don't think uniformly. one person stood out more than the other, which is going to be a problem for best actors, you know, acting or actress right. sort of thing. But I mean, Mark Ruffalo may, might be the most, but it's hard to really say because of his. He was the most scenes. flamboyant. Like he sure. was the most. He was the most intense. He had the most showy yes, like, character. He was the one who would have turned into a green person first had he yeah. lost his temper. Yeah, right. <laughs> Michael Keaton kind of got the role. Mm. He, he had to be a little bit more subtle and effective, which he was. We, we got law. This is it. No, this is law covering for one priest. There's another ninety out there. Yeah, and we'll, we'll print that story when we get it. But we we got to go with this now. No, I'm not going to rush the story, Mike. We don't have a choice, Robbie. If we don't rush to print, somebody else is going to find these letters and butcher this story. Joe Quimby from the Herald was at the freaking courthouse. Mike. What? 
Why, why are we hesitating? Barron told us to get law. This is law. Barron told us to get the system. We need the full scope. That's the only thing that will put an end to this. Then let's take it up to Ben. Let him decide. We'll take it to Ben when I say it's time. It's time, Robbie. It's time. They knew and they let it happen. Two kids. Okay? It could have been you. It could have been me. It could have been any of us. We got to nail these scumbags. We got to show people that nobody can get away with this. Not a priest or a cardinal or a freaking pope. They're both good. Rachel McAdams uh, was was good. Yeah. Lee Schreiber was. I thought Lee uh, Schreiber was excellent. He was, and and he was a guy. Uh, I, I'll, I'll get into my opinions on all, on that in a little bit, but he was really good. John Slattery was good. Uh, just I love Stanley Tucci. Stanley Tucci is always you great. Never go he's, wrong. He's every every single time he's in something, he's great. And a scene stiller, he always is. Uh, but yeah, Billy Crudup, the entire cast was really really strong. Well, to basically wrap up my thoughts. I can't complain about it technically, writing, acting-wise, and I think it's one of the more perfect movies I've seen in years. Oh, that's big. That is. That's that's a glowing review. Rachel, what did you think? Uh, it sounds weird to be like, I really like that movie because <laughs> it's about such a horrible thing. Uh, but it is really well made, and I thought that the overall tone of it, it was... I mean, we've said this a couple times now that they just presented the facts, but I think that presenting it in that way and the fact that no actor actually stands out adds to... The realism, like mm-hmm. I really felt like I was watching it happen because right. nothing was really sensationalized. These people weren't trying to be heroes. They were just doing their job um, and having some sort of connection to journalism and writing and that kind of thing. And people really just, they, it, it, I like that they didn't um, try to pull you in one way or another. When you have a good story, you don't need to do that. You don't need to sensationalize things. And we talked about it a little bit last week, Michael B. Jordan, that movie that he was in, the Fruitville Creep. Station. Fruitville oh. Station. Uh, Station, it was manipulative and they had a good story. They didn't need to do something like that. So I'm glad that they didn't take that direction with this movie at all. They just presented facts and it was horrifying and you felt all the things naturally. They didn't push you into feeling anything. Um, so I thought it was great and it looked great and the performances were great. But I just, I, I was mostly impressed with the overall tone of it was what the main thing that stood out to me is that it was very subtle, but purposefully and intentionally like subtle. I wrote that down in my notes. Yeah. It's really subtle. Yeah, it was really smart because you know, a lot, (laughs) a lot of times Hollywood will try to sensationalize something or make it more dramatic than it needs to be. All they did was like, here's what happened. And that is terrifying enough and awful enough. Um, to be an effective story and obviously wrap you completely into it. Um, and you're right. They didn't you know, make heroes out of these journalists. They did their jobs. They did a good job, and they showed that. Um, I, it was a great movie. I mean, I think we can all agree that it was a fantastic movie. It's going to deserve whatever it, it gets nominated for, and if it wins, I'm, I'm great with that as well. Uh, and it... You know, you like all these characters as well. The the journalists, you like them, and and the victims, you truly feel for. Um, I loved also. You know, there was no real climax in the movie, but again, they could have like manipulated the God. story to it, kind but of. But from another perspective, there may have been five climaxes in well, the movie. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. I agree. But there was no like oh, that this moment. is the moment, yeah, like that no. cinematic of, moment. Uh, yes, yeah. like yeah. that cinematic moment. Like oh, this is the Oscar moment, or oh, this is the one that's gonna like get the tears out, or whatever. 
But again, I think that's perfect because they just showed the story and it happened. Uh, I love the ending. Uh, you know how it ended with with them getting the calls from the victims. You know, you're thinking they're thinking there's going to be like these people, you know, getting in an uproar and picketing and all these things. And I mean, they got a great response, but it was actually for more victims. So they're helping all these people. Um, and uh, I love the score. Nobody's brought up the score yet. I agree with everything you guys said, but I love the score. It's uh, the soft piano towards yes, the beginning. The so- and yes, yeah. what the soft you, well, piano. I noticed it so much in the beginning, but it just wasn't there throughout half the movie. Yeah. Like the, yeah. the, the whole middle half. It's like, honestly, there's so much dialogue. We didn't need music. Right. Exactly. That kind of goes right. with the Fruitvale Station comment where, like, you know, it handles our emotions. We didn't even need it because the storyline was so strong. Exactly. A lot of times they'll use music to pull the strings on you, you know, like to kind of make you swell up. But they didn't do that here. It was such a good movie. But it was still good, to, to your point. Yeah, it was. The the score I really, really loved. You know, Rachel and I have worked a newspaper, so and I, and I think they nailed that entire you know atmosphere and environment and all those things. But also, we've talked about how it reminded us of all the President's Men. I mean, that's it's not just us. Everybody's saying that. Everyone's I mean, saying that, which is crazy, because when we talked about it last week, I hadn't read anything, listened to any reviews, seen the movie yet, and I you and I said pretty much at the same time, Sounds like it's all the president's men. Right. And everything I have picked yeah. up and heard is what they're bringing yeah. up. I mean, I think it's better than all the president's yeah, men. Yeah, I, I love that movie. And I did too. Yeah. Um, the thing was, they it was kind of like watching a mystery being solved and uncovered and pulling back all these layers, but it's done in such a factual, subtle way. They're not beating you over the head. Uh, it was just, it was a smart movie. It was a well acted, well written movie. And Tom McCarthy, he's such a young guy. Mm-hmm. It's impressive that he pulled off what he pulled off uh, with this. And, you know, having such an ensemble and uniformly the the characters and actors were great. And they didn't really – you know, there's a lot of gray, actor, gray areas with the with the characters too. They didn't present them as heroes nor villains. For all. Like Stanley Tucci, when you first meet him, you think he's going to kind of be a, a jerk. He's going to be kind of a, a villain in a way. He ends up being a really good guy. But, again, he's just a man who's – trying to do his job right. you got these guys who are kind of villains like the the lawyer who's doing some seedy things but then as you learn more about him he did try to do good it didn't work out so he just kind of does his job uh mark ruffalo he's a really good guy but really he's just trying to do his job he's kind of sucking as a as a husband because of it he's a little and squirrely throughout he's a little the movie squirrely yeah. and he's kind of combative and he's kind of rude sometimes mm-hmm. but he wants to do his job i but you, you you're there. You feel his motivations, you know. Yes, absolutely. And you see that really with the whole with the whole cast or the whole yeah. the whole spotlight group. You just kind of jump right in with them, and and I mean that movie pulled me along. Where there were moments where I caught myself not blinking and my mouth was wide open, like yeah. because <laughs> I was so into the story. And really, and this is why I said you could you could have five climaxes. Would something would happen? Say. When they're on the phone with Sipe or Snipe. Yeah, Sipe, yeah. And he says uh, 90, you know, and then the, everyone in the room just kind of pauses. Oh, man. You know, so like there's there's one instance. and Talking about and a, 90 priests. That, yeah. that, uh, Exposing uh, 90 priests. Right, in the Boston area. Right. I mean, another one could easily be where. That actually, was intense. Oh, yeah. I mean, like even when, uh, when uh, Rachel McAdams and Mark Ruffalo are interviewing the two um, yeah. victims oh, for the great. first time back and they're and panning back and forth yes. not panning but like going back and forth yes. between the storylines I'm like that's the part where you were saying it's subtle but at the same time it was so raw and they didn't hold back on the dialogue like it's it's how they press it out of them like 
the reporters were concerning. They were calm. Yes. But they're like, you need to tell your story and you need to basically use whatever language you need to tell it. Like it was a slap in your face and just kind of like wake up Jacob kind of moment. And they did that so many times throughout the movie. They did. Yeah. It was just great outside of the actual, you know, subject matter, um, which was kind of the hardest thing about this whole movie. I don't know if hard is the right word, but the subject matter is so uh, sensitive and it's you awful. Know, difficult it's to terrible. comprehend. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, uh, what did you text uh, this morning when we, were, when we were kind of texting about it? That it was just essentially it was just um, it was devastating. devastating. It was devastating. Well, especially when we, we talked about how you know, like a lot of true stories, they'll. Uh, you know, they'll give you text at the end as a prologue to kind of let you know these are the facts. This is what the fallout was. And they show you all the different cities where priests who had molested children were exposed. And as they showed those cities, I mean, it was just... It was awful. It was a full was screen after a full screen after a full screen after a full screen. Yeah. And it was, I mean, it was horrifying. Yeah. I mean, you all know this because I texted you this, but like I lost my composure when I saw that. Yeah. You know, and I haven't had that sort of a reaction to a movie since I saw United 93. Yeah. Because, you know, I've never, I'm not a product of being molested. I don't know anyone who's ever been molested, anything like that. But you just feel so bad for the victims and not just those who were molested. You feel the ones who just want to be, you know, religious and be a part of their church. Right. Like that moment when Rachel McAdams is um, having her grandmother read it yeah. and you see her face. That's the first time I choked up. Yes. Yeah. And I, um, I am with you there because she was so Because you felt for her, her as church. well because they're loved... also a victim. Yes. I mean, like everyone was a victim in this movie. Yes. Even the reporters themselves were victims. You saw the wear and tear it did to their bodies, the yeah. physical, and the actors portrayed that so well. They were exhausted. And yeah. I mean, the, the scene where Mark Ruffalo shows up on Rachel McAdams' doorstep and he's like, I always thought I would go back and this makes me not want to. Like, yeah. you can totally empathize with that. Yeah. So you empathize with almost every character and then, boom, it shows the, hey, these are the other cities where uh, stories were uncovered, and I just I just lost it. Yeah. I lost it, and uh, I just kind of had to, you know, tuck my head away because I was so... Sometimes these are the moments why I love movies because they can reach you at a passionate level, and it can hit you in those moments, and you have just these kinds of reactions to it. And even now, I'm kind of getting a little, like, emotional about it because, you know, these are important stories to tell. And it's like, you know, they're not easy stories to tell. It's kind of like the United 93 situation. They're not easy stories to tell, but sometimes they need to be told. Right. So you really expose what really happened. And, you know, I actually have heard an argument already where um, well, all they did was expose facts. Why didn't they make it a documentary? It was greatly acted, but, you know, why didn't they just do a documentary if they're just showing the facts? There's Nobody no would watch it. Arc. Exactly, because yeah. no one's going to watch a documentary. Yeah. And how many people are going to get in the theaters to see this, especially if it's well, nominated, which I believe it will be, and yeah. possibly win. And, it, and then you really understand, you know, it's like, are they really going after the Catholic Church in a way? Right. I don't think they are. I think they are really telling a story. I'll well, stop real quick by saying the, the strongest line in the movie that I thought the former priest named Spine. Sipe. Sipe. Sorry. Okay. He just says it's a recognizable psychiatric phenomenon. Yeah. And yeah. I was just floored by that comment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, another thing that I loved, and, and by the way, I don't know if you guys know, but Richard Jenkins was the voice of Sipe. Yeah. He was the one. I read that later. Wizard. Yeah. What I also loved about them, about this movie is, you know, I'm a Christian myself. I'm a believer in whether you are or not, whatever. But, you know, you do kind of. You know, where like you said, you felt for uh, Rachel McAdams' grandma as she read the story because you f- you feel pain and like like you're a victim in a way from this. So going into it, you are like like ah, oh, they're gonna are they going to attack religion? Are they going to attack? You know, I'm not a Catholic, but are they going to attack believers and that type of thing? 
And I don't think they ever did. As a matter of fact, I think there were some intentional lines and things in there where they were respectful of religion and things like that. And Sype, what I really loved, something else that Sype said, he said that he still had his faith and he was still a believer. And Mark Ruffalo's character was like, how do you do that? He's like, well, the church is just man. Yep. That's that's not – my belief isn't a man. It's in the eternal. Yep. And Mark Ruffalo's that's like, well, that's got to be hard to, you know – Right, differentiate. Right. It's like, yeah, it is, but you know, this is man, and that's that's passing, and and so I thought that was really cool how they handled that because that's what it comes down to. I, I, I uh, agree with that. Yeah, and so I thought it was, you know, it was so well done, and I do think that's why there hasn't been really a controversy, and um, it was just, it was a really really good movie. Well, I think the inclusion of I'm, while I'm sure that Rachel McAdams' grandmother like that is based on a real person or a real relationship, I think that they kept going back to her so much. They didn't have to feature the grandma as much or mention her as much as they did. But I think that was to show, like, we're not villainizing all Catholics. Catholics. We understand yes. that this actually hurt other Catholics. This right. isn't condemnation of the entire religion itself. It's these priests that, where the issue is and the higher-ups where things are getting covered up but right. it's not the the believers right. like the catholic people themselves yeah. so i thought that was another intentional character that they they made you they kind of you liked the grandma they they had right. her in there enough that you felt for her before all of this was exposed anyway so yeah i think that's actually really well said yeah so and they made plenty of mention of the the you know of a few priests who good priests who were upset that right. this was happening right. and a cover up was happening and and tried to you know speak out against it and things like that. And man, I, I delved. I don't know if you guys do, but every time I see a true story, I always delve into the the real you know Wikipedia and Google all the real names and all this. And I mean, by and large, all the names in this were real from the from the priest to the to the uh, journalist to everybody. It was all factual. As a matter of fact, like even like the street priest. If you look it up, like the victim said he did, all those things happen. I mean, it was very, very factual, uh, which is, another, you know, a lot of times you get into true stories. Again, they try to make it more dramatic than it needs to be, and they didn't do that. I have the- another side note. From an outside, like not even covering the story, I just liked that we're in a culture of like a lot of BuzzFeed, buzzworthy news stories everywhere, and I liked that this actually showed like how important real journalism can be. Yes. Um, so I appreciated that that kind of brought that to the forefront too, because I think that more and more people don't want to read real uh, factual information. They yeah. want to read flashy stuff, just like they want to see big flashy movies too. Right. Whatever's more interesting of a story, but like in depth, really good journalism is important. And I, I just don't think, I feel like it gets as recognized as it used to to yeah. be. So I like that it also showcased that. That's a great well, point. Well, and the spinoff, the piggyback off of that, you know, it's 2015. Look at all the Marvel movies and all the other style of, you know, CGI types of movies that come out. And here we have this movie where it's just a strong storyline with good acting. Well, like I said, all the, like I said, a near perfect movie in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And it's better than anything I feel like I've seen in years. I well, saw. There's been actually yeah. there's been one or two, but whatever. There's been some good ones. But, but I mean, it's it's really up there to yeah. me. I mean, it really stands out, and that's just goes to show you how writing and developing a storyline with characters you can relate to is just so important. Yeah, uh, I saw it twice within a week, and I normally don't do that. I know a lot of times Jacob will do that. I wanted um, to go see but, it again tonight beforehand, actually, but I didn't have time. Yeah, but I saw it twice within a week. Uh, 
and I enjoyed it just as much the second time as I did the first time. I was still, you know, it still hit me hard yeah. the second time just uh, as much as I did the first. Yeah. And then one more thing that I also think is really cool. These are the kind of movies, too, where they, they're dropping names all over the place, kind of like a Goodfellas-style movie or or even a Godfather. Yeah, or, yeah you know, where true. Where you really have to come in paying you attention. You better be ready to go because they're going to they're gonna drop about 15, 20 names on you before you even meet the characters, yeah. it seems like. That's a good point. And... Uh, Boy, I'm glad I, I hung on to do that. It, it took me, you know, I'm sure, it took, as it does most people, it took yeah. a little while to figure out, okay, that's McLeish. Yeah. And, yeah, that's you know, true. and things like that. Uh, especially um, uh, Stanley Tucci's character, yes. uh, Garabedian. Um, uh, I, that, I love that about movies. I LA Confidential did that. Yeah, you know, well, it's, 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 the it's how you to unwrap a really good, yeah. like, yeah. mystery, you know, or in this case, a journalist storyline. But it was a mystery. In a it way, was a too. mystery. Yeah, yeah. and it that's was. this. This is why I like this genre so much. And I always say I like you know murder mysteries. And um, we don't really have enough of these. Why do you think everyone's comparing this to uh, all the president's men? Because we don't have very many of these movies yeah, that yeah. often. It's, it's, been it's, it's too years. bad. Yeah, it's been you know. Years. I, I think I brought up um, the Russell Crowe movie last week. <laughs> Which one? Uh, uh, also, it actually has uh, Rachel McAdams in it too, uh, where they're investigative journalists. Um, and oh, State of Play? State of Play. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's not near uh, as good a movie as, as those other two. Right. But, I mean, still, I, I enjoyed the movie because of the investigative journalist part. Yeah. Hey, there's, no, there's no reason why y'all can't do more of these. You know, I like my Marvel movies, but these are great movies, too, and there's just not enough of them sometimes. To me, it's not just a... I don't recommend it just because it's a good movie. I think it's important. I think it's an important yeah. movie, and I think it's a... A story that needs to be told and more people need to know about. So sort of like Mad Max, (laughs) just like that. (laughs) And how ridiculous is it? Like now that you've seen Spotlight and you've seen Mad Max, like that's what infuriates me. And like, okay, so seriously, Mad Max is winning Best Picture from some institutions over something like Spotlight. To me, it's just so absurd. Come Mad on. Max is a lot more accessible to a wider audience. Come on, right. but the National Border Review. Come on, National Border. Review. I mean, I agree. <laughs> Spotlight was in their top ten, but Mad Max won their best. I mean, picture. I I absolutely agree, but <laughs> they they definitely cater to audiences a little bit, at least. Yeah, that's yep. true. Well, uh, that is Pulp Fiction on Spotlight. Uniformly, we all say go see this movie. Um, it's a fantastic movie. Jacob says it's a nearly perfect movie. So would you give it a ten out of a ten? Oh yeah, I did. Nice. Yeah, I give it a nine out of ten. And what I, did you give it? I gave it a nine, but it's it is sitting really well with me, so it may go up. By yeah, the I'm end the of same the year. way. And, and I kind of want to see what the other movies are that are in contention for Best Picture this year. That's but, funny. I, after the first view, and I give it a nine. After the second view, and I give it a nine point five. So it's it's yeah, it's really sitting well really well. I, I really try and hold off on rating movies till the end of the year usually i just try to organize that how i like it yeah and then i wait for something like this to come along so i can compare it to the rest of the crowd. right right it sets the bar for the year exactly i already had a couple that were up there but it's like i don't think i've seen anything else like that this year or yeah. in present in recent years yeah it's, it was really easy for me yeah um, go see this movie spotlight yeah. yeah uh fantastic movie now it's the part of the show where we talk about what we've been watching this week besides the movie we just reviewed and uh rachel i will let you go first this week what have you been watching this week that's an interesting question brandon i i honestly don't think i've watched anything this week really besides spotlight that's not true i know you watched at least one scary movie i mean we watched that and i don't remember what it was <laughs> that's how good it was uh, I mean, well, this we has just been really we, interesting. we just watched it 
what yesterday <laughs> this is what happens when i uh when i switch it up and go with rachel first instead of jake yep, i did not prepared. become prepared for this <laughs> hold on i can tell you what it was because i rated it it's gonna take a minute so did you, you not, could just did tell you me what it was the good dinosaur yet no i didn't okay i, I was did. hoping you had because i was wanting all three of us to talk about it as well um but that's okay <laughs> yeah uh well i i'm gonna talk about because that's the I watched a couple movies this week, and that was one of them. Bound of Vengeance is the movie that you're thinking. That's of. it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, it's it's new on Netflix and Amazon. It's a horror movie. Uh, okay. It it is better than what Rotten Tomatoes would imply that it is. Yeah, but yeah. It, it's, it's a, weird. Uh, critics the, and IMDb give it a 27. Yeah, the critics didn't like it, but then the audiences would they give it like a 5.7. Hey, this isn't worth talking about very long. Uh, but we did watch it this week. <laughs> but yeah, we watch, that, we watch a new horror movie every week. Yeah. Is the deal. So that's the one that we watched. This is the one we watched. And y'all didn't watch Bone Tomahawk? Come on, you're well, killing me. Well, we watched it with my brother. <laughs> and that's so, not really a movie he would be into. Yeah, but we, kinda, we are really jazzed about it. Yeah. We, well, my brother, he always gets upset if there's not any sort of supernatural or ghost or... Anything. Yeah, he was like, there aren't any supernatural things in this movie. And that was for, he was like, so what do, what's it about? We're like, oh, this lady that gets captured and then fights back. He's like, oh, so nothing supernatural then? Ghost. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, well. so, yeah, it's about a woman who gets captured, sex trafficking. It kind of delves into self tra- sex trafficking a little bit. I felt like they wanted to kind of touch on that, but they like they couldn't decide whether to be a horror movie or like really tackle the subject right. of sex trafficking in a serious way. So they're like, mm, let's just mostly be a horror movie, and that's what they were. And it was, if you just really like watching horror movies, it's decent. It's good for girl power. Like I, I feel like feminists would like it. You're asking so the wrong she escapes girl. and turns the tables on her captor. She does. Yeah. I will say, like, you read yeah. that and you're like, oh, great. Another woman gets captured and stuck in a basement movie. I don't know if I can watch that. She's not stuck that long. Put the lotion in the basket. It's, most, it's mostly her. <laughs> it is mostly her fighting back. Yeah. We've talked about this movie way too long. It's not worth the time that we've spent on yeah. it currently. And that's, that's, I that's think. That's of vengeance. I think that's all I've watched this week. But you know what? There are a lot of horror movie fans that, like, will watch every new horror movie. Like, there's this, like, whole subgenre. I don't oh, yeah. know if any of them are listening to our show. Although our horror episode did get one of our biggest yeah. listens we've had. So if if any of you guys have stuck around, uh, we would love to hear from you. Uh, Jacob, what have you been watching this um, week? Let's Besides, talk about The Good Dinosaur. Yeah, let's talk quick. about The Good Dinosaur. Um, we need to get home. I got a job for you. Keep on the dodge and sidle up the lob while they pass them horn heads. What? That creature protected you. What is his name? I don't know. I name him, I keep him. Killer. Ah. Stinky! Violet. Spike! Lunatic! Spot! Spot! Come here, Spot, come here! Well, ain't you just the cutest thing? <laughs> I'm done being scared. If you ain't scared, you ain't alive. I miss my family. Huh? You don't understand. What do you what do you think about it? Here's my thoughts on Good Dinosaur. In a vacuum, just judging it by itself. It's a decent movie. It's a cute movie. I thought it was a little harsh. 
and I'm a little tired of all these Disney and Pixar movies, like like the parents dying, like the parent animals. I mean, they really Bambi. try and tug at those heartstrings, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Pixar does it a lot. Pixar does it a whole lot. Yeah. They kill. A, I knew me. So, I don't. Are know we going to spoil? Are we going to spoil yeah, the good we'll dinosaur? Yeah, we'll spoil it. Yeah, but I knew five minutes into it that his dad was going to die. Did you? Uh, like, I had I a pretty good up, idea. I was like, oh, his dad's definitely dying. I had a pretty good idea. Uh, sorry, my bad. We spoiled it for Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone else who's listening who hasn't seen the good dinosaur. Well, <laughs> anyway, so it. But it happens in the first 10 minutes of the yeah, exactly. movie. Exactly. That's why it's not... Honestly, if you read the premise, you'll probably find out. It was pretty obvious in the trailer because it's one dinosaur and one kid. So, right. I mean, yeah. like, obviously, a lot of... Everybody around him is dead. But he could have fallen or, in the river and got wished all the way down it and had to make a journey back. I mean, that could be the case here. That could be. That's yeah. not the, pic, could be. That's yeah. not the yeah. Pixar way. Oh. Uh, well... <laughs> so, I would say, like, judging it by itself, I'd be like, that was a cute movie. I thought it was cute. It was... There were some good things. There were some funny parts, especially uh, once uh, the uh, the pterodactyl showed up and all yeah. that. Oh, and really the uh, T Rexes. Once the T Rex and Sam Elliott. That was. And all just, them. That's actually. See, I just thought this was the strangest movie. Well, that's the, what I was going to say. Like, if if I was comparing it to Pixar movies, though, I was really disappointed by itself. I'd be like, cute movie that was decent. But compared to other Pixar movies, I was really disappointed. I think it's definitely on the lower tier of Pixar movies. I'm on the fence on that. Like, I might be able to compare it to Brave in that. I, this, well, I hated Brave. The characters. Well, see, I didn't like Brave either. I did like The Good Dinosaur. Not a, not a lot, but I liked it. Yeah, that's how it and, was. That's how it was. And, and the reason I'm, uh, I can put it like this is because, you know, they're very cartoony characters throughout it. But the detail in the background was stupid good. Missy and I talked Holy about crap. that. I thought it's, I mean, they're even during the credits. Were those real or not? I, it was, I, I don't think they were, which is amazing. Missy I and I tell. talked about that. We were blown away by the animation. Yeah. Like the, the, the animation, animation in the background. Cause what, okay, here's, here's the thing. Here's why we keep saying it's strange. Look, this is a dinosaur movie that's set in a Western. It's, it's a Western. Mm-hmm. It actually doesn't even say that on the genre. But, but it, it wasn't be. until the Tyrannosaurus showed up and it started like dude, they started doing like the yeah and like running yeah. galloping like a horse like, yeah galloping <laughs> like a horse would you yeah. know or whatever <laughs> I was moving my hips as yeah. I said that <laughs> really horses look like Elvis <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah. oh, anyway <laughs> but 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 then they start kind of really like playing like that frontier kind of music and they I did. was like holy crap that explains why everyone's. Uh, dialogue or their yeah. accents are yep. all country. They were all country. So bizarre. They were all first. country. Well, even in the beginning, I mean, you know, they're harvesting. They're they're farmers and all yeah. that stuff. But you think, you know, the, but which, by the way, dinosaurs would never evolve before man would if that were if yeah, the comet would ever pass over. And that was the thing. I'm like, being stupid when I say over, that. Yeah, Brandon was, took me seriously, obviously. Well, no, no, no. I, did think, <laughs> I, I mean, like, I know it's a cartoon, so suspension of disbelief, and I get that, like, the dinosaurs are evolving. But, but like, it was weird that they made the the human character like a dog. Oh, actually, I didn't mind that. I thought it was kind of cute. Yeah. I mean, uh, but in essence, it's just like, okay, so we're Western, and then right now we're farmers, and right. And then I figured out that it was, uh, you know. <laughs> The frontier part of the, I mean, it was just so, so weird. It was weird. But it still found a way to tug at your heartstrings there oh, at the yeah. end there with the, the whole end. family, yeah. the circle emblem. Yep. Um, I mean, there were some they really cool well moments. before that. Uh, one of the things I thought was so, uh, so cool also is like all the critters throughout it, the design of their eyes, which Disney's known mm-hmm. for making big eyes for their, for their yeah. good guys Makes and small cuter. eyes for yeah. their bad guys. Right. And, like, the critters in this movie have, like, these big eyes with these big, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, pupils. Pupils. Mm-hmm. And they had such a unique look to them. It was, I don't know how they acted. They didn't talk. They just made noises. Um, 
like they, they were cute, but then look, there's there's a violent movie in this. I'm not sure I could take a couple of my nieces uh, and nephews. We talked this. about that as well, Missy and I did. Like it was brutal, crazy, like, and like what happened to the good dinosaur, which is the most generic name for a movie. It's ever, a not by a the good way. title. It's a terrible title. I mean, you could have. Finding Nemo could have been the good fish. Like, I don't think it really describes what this was. I would actually was. put this on par with Finding Nemo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would too, because I find Finding Nemo overrated as well. But, like, what the dinosaur has to go through, like, he kind of gets beat up and... You see and, bruises on him yeah, and stuff? Yeah, like, he's... Like that's, it's a pretty, that's why it's I thought it looked too. like a Pixar film, because the detail was amazing. It was. I don't see DreamWorks pulling that off. No, or, no way. Or whoever else does animation, like... That's a part where I thought it felt like a Pixar movie. I still I say people go see it. It's uni- it's unique. I've definitely yeah, never seen a Western yeah. dinosaur movie. Yeah. So it is that. <laughs> but um, at the same time, you're gonna be you're gonna sit back in your chair several times and be like, like I laughed out loud several times at things that really caught me off guard, like ripping off beetles' heads. Oh, and eating that's critters. What I'm saying. There was some violent stuff. Like yeah. I couldn't believe that. Like he the, ripped that beetle. Tyrannosaur head off. licks his loose. Uh, tooth? Yeah. That stuff was kind of nasty. It was kind of intense. It was weird. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, it, like it was kind of too much sometimes, I think, for a kid's movie. Yes. Yes. It was very bizarre. In fact, is this, it's PG. Yeah. That makes it, sense. Yeah. It's definitely not a G. <laughs> like, I don't know if I brought a six-year-old, if I'd feel really comfortable with that six-year-old scene. I think my stuff. six-year-old niece I would, but not my three-year-old niece. No way. Yeah. I think she'd be scared. Yeah. Especially the pterodactyls. Yeah. And one of the things I thought was really generic about this movie or obvious was the making your mark stuff. Oh, yeah. That was, I mean, it it was, was just, they beat was, you over the head. Why even do that? Yeah, yeah they, they beat, beat you over the good head. Good way to put it. Yeah, they did. Hey, were the critters called critters or is that just you using a really cute word for little <laughs> no, animals? I think they're called critters. Yeah, they're called oh, okay. critters. Yeah. Oh, you should have taken credit for it. it I, I, would, I would recommend it. It was a cute movie. You know, yeah. I didn't even, I, we didn't even know, say this. I mean, Frances McDormand was the voice of the mother. Right. I didn't know that till later. Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey Wright, who. You were known as Beezlebub or whatever yeah. in the Hunger Games movies. What's yeah. his name? Yeah. Doesn't matter. Him. <laughs> but uh, he's also I, I thought, in the, Spect- or the James Bond series. Yeah. Him. I um, thought Sam Elliott was the best part oh, of Oh, Sam Elliott. The, the Sam T-Rex. Elliott's well, the best Sam part Elliott of everything. Sam was good because he was recognizable. You knew it was Sam Elliott. And it's a great country western voice. Uh, actually, I thought Steve Zahn was the better. Oh, he, as was, a he was hilarious. He was. He, and scary. Was a weird character. Well, it was such Especially a Especially the critter part, right? Yes. yes. It's just weird. It was. Um, can we move on? <laughs> yeah, probably. We probably talked about it too much, but it was an interesting movie. Um, we may even have to put that in the title of this since we <laughs> we totally since we kind of covered it. There's just yeah. so many movies out right now. It's almost unfair, but I'll talk about that later. Kind of moving on. I watched the most violent year last night. I was just on a oh, roll. I saw you? the good. I saw the good dinosaur at Tinseltown. Zipped over to a at Quail and saw a Spotlight. And then uh, I went home and I watched uh, A Most Violent Year. So, What are your thoughts? Um, I thought it was a really well-done movie, a really well-acted movie. Mm-hmm. There are times it was pretty intense, uh, like without spoiling it, the, the scene where she fires out the gun behind his back in the street. Yeah. Yep. I about jumped through the window when yeah. that happened. I mean, so there were a little bit of suspense here and there. Um, I really liked it. But ultimately, I think the story, I, I appreciate that he's a good man trying to do the right thing. But ultimately, I thought the story was kind of boring in the end. And that was, that would be my only fair oh, recommendation to about people. You. Sorry, I have one oh. more question for you all a- after you say what you're saying. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. No, I, I, I think that was the one thing that like, I probably wouldn't suggest it to everyone if you're not like, 
a, a movie person because I think general audiences right. will find it kind of slow. Yep. Now, I find it fa- fascinating because of the things that you said, because the acting was so good, especially the two leads, Oscar Isaac and Jessica Chastain, were fantastic. And I love that their characters were not at all what you would expect them to be. He's this guy that's in a position of power and money, and you expect him to be this kind of like cold, violent man. And you expect her to kind of be the the supportive, sweet, oh, no, we shouldn't be violent woman. And it's flipped. And I can see where you'd say the storyline was, you know, because you're expecting it's, – it's kind of a gangster movie. You're expecting something Goodfellas-ish or yeah, Godfather-ish. Yeah, it's not and that at all, to that, And it's more it's, Godfather 2-ish. <laughs> yes, it's very, the, it's very slow. The pacing is slow. But uh, what I love so much was his character because you kept expecting – him to to turn to break bad for i never say i never got that i knew exactly how it was going to be he was going to play out really you know, how it did i love that he there were so many times oh, where he, he was, would be tempted he was so to, honorable throughout the entire movie he was like but there so, might be this the, the minor slip at one part but for the most part he was it was just too obvious to me i see i disagree and, and after I think he had like, the, after he had the argument with uh, jessica chastain um about the the gun she completely folded as a character after that. It was just like you're gonna do, you're gonna do what you need to do for the family, and that's all she ever did after that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I I just thought that like because we we've kind of been programmed and to expect, you know, because he was tempted so many times, it would have been easier for him to kind of turn from what he was. To become this to, – to break bad, for lack of a better word. Yeah. And I love that he stayed honorable the whole time, and he never succumbed to that. But I get – I mean – Yeah, if, I did, I did was, too, though. I appreciated it. I just never saw – I never thought for one second that he was going to turn. Interesting. So so when he walks into the table with all the businessmen around it, and it's like, like oh, it's, like, it's about to go down. Right. He just goes, stop, and then he leaves. Look, I know that's a little bit paraphrasing, but it was like, right. oh – all right, well, not a whole lot happened there. Right. And then, like, really in, within five minutes or ten minutes of that happening, we figured out what the problem was. So, you know, the, it just wasn't as much of a buildup as I wanted it to be. I still thought it was a good, solid movie. It was really, really well done. Yes. I mean, I really have no complaints except for I, I thought the storyline inevitably was kind of boring. Here's my question I have for you all because I'm kind of confused on this. This came out, according to IMDb, it came out January 2015. Mm-hmm. But I know it was up for a Golden Globe. Uh, Jessica Chastain was nominated for a Golden Globe. Yeah. So, like, in one spot on IMDb, it says release date January. And then in, it also acts like it came out in 2014, which it's clearly it a, did. It was a limited release, I'm sure. Yeah, it was like, a limited release at the end of 2014 for an awards push. But the problem was the studio didn't really push it. And so it kind of has this weird – it kind of has a 2014 release date and a 2015 release date. It was kind of this, what do we do with this? It's a really well done movie, really well acted movie, a couple of buzzworthy actors right now. Let's push it out here at the end of the year and try to get it some awards buzz. It got a little bit, but if they would have pushed it harder, yeah. probably would have got a, a lot more acclaim yeah. and, and notice than it did. So they kind, the studio really dropped the ball as far as marketing and pushing it. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. I was pretty sure that's how it happened. This is, to me, a great example of, of them putting out too many great movies in December. Yep. And this is a, a, a good example of failure in that matter because here you have a great movie, great actors, uh, you know, good story. Mm-hmm. Um, and because they kind of missed a short window or they just 
I don't know, not using their heads. I bet you the the common audience does not even know this movie exists. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. that was a big mistake on yeah. their part. Did Selma fall victim to that exact same type of thing? Selma? Possibly. Yeah. I don't no, I Selma, don't know. Selma, Selma was pretty Selma big. Did, did well. It got nominated for a bunch of stuff. I mean, it did get... I, I think it came out get, before Christmas, though. Yeah, it came okay. out before Christmas. Um, um, but, I mean, the, but, but the uh, Most Violent Year is not the only example. There are other movies, um, you know, every year that, that kind of... I think what happens is the studio sits on it. They're like, hey, this is a really good movie. Really great actors. This really has a shot. But then kind of as the year happens, we're like, okay... Let's let's put it on this festival, this festival, or you know, the, let's premiere it here and here, mm-hmm. and then like, oh well, crap! Well, this other movie, let's let, I don't know, this gaining a little momentum. Let's really push that. Oh crap! We kind of forgot about this. Ah, oh, we should have done something there. Oh, we dropped the ball. We probably could have got some acclaim for that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I think that that happens to some good movies sometimes. But they're they're really like I think let's this say was this was delayed, wasn't it? You said that, right? Yeah, but yeah. let's say that there's a movie like they might have been able to like say release in October. Whether it be this or something else, like, ah, no, we really need to wait for December for that push, for that Oscar push. But then things happen and you're screwed. Just release in October and hope that it's remembered well enough. But everybody's afraid that they're going to be forgotten. Look at Ex Machina. Good example. Right. Nominated for several Academy or or Golden Globes. Golden Globes. I mean, it's been buzzed about all year long. It doesn't have to be in December is is, is our point. Right. The last point I'm going to make about this is, honestly, I think the title is super misleading. It's a great title. If they yep. should have used it for another movie. I, I agree, yeah. man. Because it because de- your expectations become. <laughs> I think you should call it like a series of unfortunate events. This guy, this guy's <laughs> the worst luck. He oh did. my god, he did. But no, that's actually. I'm glad you brought that up because that you expect this really violent and bloody and gruesome gangster movie, and it's the exact. It's like the least violent. That may be a detriment to how I feel I, the way I feel. I think it is. I think it's an expectation type of thing. If it would have been named emo- <laughs> what you want to, you'd be like, okay, well then you. Yeah, I think that's actually good. But it is a great. It is a great title. Oh, that's a great title. Yeah, but well, not for this movie. I'm trying to figure out. For I, I read about this, but yeah. I feel like that was. The year that it took place in, that was a thing that it was called. It yeah. was called the most violent it, year. Like it's based on something. In 1981, but it didn't. That was necess- the worst violence in New York City. Right, okay, but it didn't yeah. necessarily make sense with the storyline. Yeah. But it was based on something. You know, it should have I mean? been like, had like a subtitle except for this guy's story. <laughs> uh, uh, one more thing I just remembered because I want to see if y'all have seen this movie. So Christopher Abbott was the the bad guy, kind of the guy who kept hijacking the truck in this movie. Mm-hmm. All right, he's coming out with a movie this year called James White. And it is getting a lot of buzz. And it's by the same director as Martha Marcy May Marlene. I um, love that movie. It looks fascinating. The trailer looks good. It's, it, he's getting a lot of recognition. He's he's a pretty decent actor for, for what it was in this movie. Right. Have you all heard of it or seen it yet? I have, no. no, I haven't. Um, just know it came out around October. I've been waiting for it to come out on iTunes or something. you got to watch it before... Uh, the awards come up just because Ooh. of what I keep hearing about it. I'm you know what? I have seen I've seen this title listed a few places, but I don't know anything about it. Right, I well, have seen that title listed though. For for you two and for whoever's listening, just look for this movie. It's, it's just getting a lot of a lot of recognition. So interesting. Uh, real quickly, just a lot of the last ones I've seen. I don't think I talked about this last week. I watched. I'm starting to watch Jessica Jones. Uh. I've seen about four or five episodes so far. Like I really like Daredevil. I think Jessica Jones is a far better movie. Really, uh, Daredevil has it's like more action, uh, that sort of thing. There's a really cool fight sequence in the second uh, episode, but Jessica Jones is it's developing the character so much better. Yep. And honestly, it's much better acted. And you're right, the Luke Cage 
uh, scenario going on there. Really, I'm really looking forward to seeing how how it ends. Right. Um, the, uh, good, good Netflix. They series. do spend. It's not. It's not super. Uh, there is a lot of action in it, but it's not a primarily action. It's very character. Yeah, it's not. It's only going to see and, the raid, like right. like the Daredevils, kind right. of been compared to a couple times. It's nothing like that. It's it's way more character development. They're doing yeah. a really good job with this. It's really kind of cool. I mean, and they're just blasting by anything that the abc cbs channels put out i mean it's really yeah i can really stick with agents with a of lot shield of, uh, a lot of hbo shows it's good it is really good um i like it i liked it a ton yeah for you rach i watched league of their own the other night actually <laughs> I, I put it on to uh go to sleep too and then i just kept watching it um i know i made this Still argument love it. we did our sports list oh yeah uh, there's actually one one element uh, that i don't think they handled very well brandon you might agree with me when they kind of bring up the or death of one of the uh, women's husbands, and it was it occurs in the locker room. I thought that was like that would never happen. Oh, how, no, how, it, had, no, how it was no, handled, no, I thought wouldn't. that was. Other than that, I still loved it, and, and Tom Hanks yeah. is hilarious in it. Okay. God, trust Fair me enough. on the. There's no crying in baseball scene. It's it's great. Yeah. Um, the other the last thing I saw because we again because we were talking about Jerry Maguire, I watched Almost Famous. Uh, Cameron Crowe. And um, I hadn't seen it in a while, and it's just such a well written movie. Uh, a, a trivia thing I'll just say on it that most movies spend about $1.5 million on music and this spent like $3.5 million and it was completely worth it if, and completely worth it yeah just especially great, if great nothing music. else for the tiny dancer bus scene yeah uh, I love it yeah. That's uh, I love 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 that movie uh, I've watched that a million times I love Philip Seymour Hoffman in that movie uh, uh, it's just a great movie Cameron Crowe I also read he he took the uh, the movie when it was finished to go show like Jimmy Page and uh, Robert Plant, mm-hmm. and you know they loved it. They gave him permission to use three of their songs in the movie, mm-hmm. except "Stairway to Heaven," which he was planning on using for some some part in the movie. Really, they wouldn't let him use it, but they let him use like weird. Know, I wonder other why. Stuff. Uh, it still holds up really well, and uh, you know, in a way, it's kind of I've been really disappointed with how Kate Hudson's career has gone since this movie. Well, yeah, because she started off so so great, and then she just. Did a million rom coms. Yeah, exactly. Too bad. Crappy rom coms, too. Too bad. That's it. There we go. Uh, Billy Crudup, though, main guy in that. He He's was just in a spotlight. That's right. He was the bad bad guy lawyer. Yeah. All right. Well, that is. Hey. You don't I have wa- anything? Oh, Good Dinosaur and oh, Bound of Vengeance. Okay, I kept them with both of you. Um, plus, we are going to talk about the Golden Globes in a separate podcast. So if you're like us and. Bonus. The, yeah. Bonus Pulp Fiction. Flick What's fl- our name? What's our name? <laughs> Bonus flicks. I can't look at you in the eye right now. <laughs> if, if, if you're like us and you love award season, Golden Globes were just announced this, uh, well, today. Check out our bonus podcast uh, where we break down the Golden Globes. Who was snubbed? Who are the biggest surprises? Who do we expect to win? Thank you for listening to Pulp Fiction.